All right, good to have you here tonight, and let's go ahead and take our Bibles, and we'll begin by uh, turning to Romans chapter 12, and then uh, we're going to be also turning over to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12 also, but uh, let's begin here in Romans chapter 12, as uh, we're considering some thoughts on gifts, or as I talked about, the, the grace offices, so to speak, that you're placed in and given uh, by the Lord, and uh Again, we find, again, in Romans chapter 12 and verse number 4, the Bible says, For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body, and every one members one of another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given unto us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the the proportion of faith or ministry, let us wait on our ministry, or he that teaches on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, or he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Now we see here in the passage here in Romans chapter 12, several gifts uh, again mentioned here in the Word of God, and we're going to consider those here tonight. But uh, we looked at last time the reality first of all of an office again we see the office of the midwife the office of the priesthood the office of the evangelist the office of the bishop and deacon and also it is explained here in verse number four an office or place of ministry within the church it says and all members have not the same office and so we don't have the same gifts we don't have the same abilities we don't have the same things given to us by god and so we're all different. And so we talked about our offices being different there last week, uh, but also complementary. And yet at the same time, there's good and need for there to be differences in people and personalities, passions, abilities, capabilities, personalities, and even life experiences in the church that they might complement one another. One might experience a flood or a fire or a famine or an earthquake or a hurricane or tornado for a particular purpose in being able to somehow someday comfort someone else. We see that in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. But uh, grace, uh, gifts are to be used. You see there in verse number 7, it says, uh, of ministry, let us wait on our ministry, or he that teaches on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, giving, whatever it might be, these gifts are to be used. And the Bible says of, of Timothy, neglect not the gift that is in thee. And so tonight I want to consider some more thoughts on gifts. And in particular, I want to consider here tonight, what is your special spiritual gift for this church or for a church in general? What is your special spiritual gift for this church or for churches in general? Let's Pray as we consider this thought here tonight from the Word of God. Father, thank you, Lord, again for today. Thank you again for this chance we can have to talk about spiritual gifts. And as we do here tonight, I know that there are many of them, and they are very diverse. And some are for today, and some are uh, ones that were used in the first century to, again, authenticate the Word of God and the truths of God. And uh, certainly, again, to honor God, I do ask that you would help each one of us to uh, understand there are gifts, and these gifts are gifts to be used within the church body for the help and the glory of God. Bless this time as we meet here today. We pray this in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Imagine for a moment if you had a ho- in your house a gift and no one ever opened it. No one ever used it. Never touched it. Never wanted to know what was in it. You say that's an unusual gift. I mean, a gift that no one wanted to open, never used, just sit in there, uh, that sort of thing. That'd be unusual. So it is with spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are to be used. Again, there's a list of gifts here in Romans chapter 12, and we've looked and read through that before. And we've also considered some thoughts from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, but I want you to turn over there too. So Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12 talk about spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, I would uh, say, if you were again talking about the Word of God, it is the gift chapter of the Bible. Spiritual gift chapter of the Bible and deals with the subject of gifts and how these gifts are put in a church and these people are placed in a church uh, having varying gifts, uh, different things that can use the Lord for the help of the ministry and for the, uh, again, cause of Jesus Christ and, and the Word of God. And so, again, we're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and also Romans chapter 12, and we're just going to kind of look at the list of gifts here tonight as we consider here tonight what is your special spiritual gift to this church. What is it? It's got to be one of these. It may be more than one of these. But what is your gift to the church? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, let's begin. In verse number 1, we're going to read through uh, much of the first 11 verses. We're actually going to read them all through. And then we're going to read the last few verses of the chapter. If we had more time, we'd certainly read through the whole chapter. But again, I'm hoping tonight to be not too long. But... Uh, Discussing the subject of gifts is a vast one. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not you to be ignorant. You know that ye were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Now, there are diversities of gifts. Just want to stop there. Diversity just means differences, variances of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. There are diversities of operation, but the same God, which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Four to one is given by the Spirit, the word of wisdom, to another, the word of knowledge, by the same Spirit, to another, faith, by the same Spirit, to another, gifts of healing, by the same Spirit, to another, working of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, discerning of spirits, to another, diverse kinds of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues. And so these are all given by the same Spirit. It says that in verse 11. It says, But all these worketh that one and the self-same Spirit, dividing to every man severing as he willeth. And so he divvies these things out in the church. Get to verse 28. It says, And God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondly prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, a government's diversities of tongue, all are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, all, all workers of miracles, have all 
the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But covet earnestly the best gifts. And yet show I unto you a more excellent way. And again, he'll begin to talk about gifts in the next chapter also, in the chapter after that. But again, we don't have time again to uh, cover this subject of gifts as, as maybe we could. I do want to mention again the ABCs of Christian Maturity has a large section on gifts. It's about 15 pages long, covers all kinds of things about th these gifts. And I believe the reason it covers so many things about these gifts, and we won't have time to look at this tonight, because there's an abuse of gifts that's used even today. And again, we're not going to get into great detail in that, but uh, some believe they have the gift of prophecy today. They can speak something from God. They get it into their head, and then they can speak that just like Peter or Paul or, or James or John or Jesus or anyone or the prophets would have uh, been a prophet. They believe there's the office of the prophet even today. There are churches, they believe that the, in the church, they have prophets in the church. They have healers in the church. They have uh, these different things that are mentioned as far as gifts go. But I do want to mention again, again, we don't have time to look at this whole thing uh, as, as maybe thoroughly as we could, certainly not in one message. But I want to mention here, these gifts listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 uh, cover the majority of the spiritual gifts that are mentioned in the Bible. Along with Romans chapter 12, we have what we call the, uh, I, mean, I believe, the, the, the realm of spiritual gifts. And again, the chapter uh, starts with, now concerning spiritual gifts. Uh, these are the gifts, and it lists the gifts. And we're going to look at those uh, lists of the gifts. And so we're going to start here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I do want to Again, just say it's important that you find out what God has gifted you with and use it because you're supposed to use it. It's for the purpose of what? Verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. It's not something that someone would show off or something, again, maybe someone would be used in some way, maybe to manifest or be able to use for them all self, but it's to profit other people. And so again, we'll just go through this list here and I'll try to cover uh, these things as far as gifts are concerned. Just because I cover them kind of quickly here tonight doesn't mean that they aren't important. And none of them necessarily are important, uh, more important than the other. And so I just want to just go through this list here tonight. The first thing you see in the list that's given here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 8, it says, For to one... Is given by the Spirit, by God the Spirit, the word of wisdom. The word of wisdom. And I don't know exactly what that means. I don't think anybody can define exactly what that means. But by the Spirit of God, there are some folks are gifted with the word of wisdom. So they are able to speak with the wisdom of God and speak with wisdom. This, again, is something given to them by the Spirit of God. It is gifted by the Spirit. To one, is given. It's not that they come up with it. They don't pray for it. God simply gives it to them, this gift of the word of wisdom. There's a lot of things. Again, I'm not going to get into what the cults have done with the word of wisdom, but uh, they, they've created their own thoughts on the word of wisdom, what that's all about. But the Bible talks about the words of wisdom. 
Well, let's just look a little bit. Ecclesiastes chapter 10. Let's turn over there. Ecclesiastes chapter uh, 10. And then we're going to look at Ecclesiastes 11 here just a little bit. The word of wisdom. Some are gifted with words of wisdom. I believe, again, someone gifted with the words of wisdom would know what to say at the right time and with the right words that can be a help to someone else. And so someone gifted with the word of wisdom would be gifted with words from the Holy Spirit of God to be able to give help to somebody else. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and verse number 12, the Bible says this about the words of the wise. It says, the words of the wise man's mouth are gracious, but the lips of a fool will swallow up himself. The words of a wise man mouth are gracious. So how could you recognize maybe somebody that has this gift of the words of wisdom? You'll see grace in what they say. Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ, right? It says that in the Bible. Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. And when he spoke, there was a mixture of grace and truth in what he said. And so the words of wisdom would certainly have grace attached to them. And then if you look at Ecclesiastes chapter 12, again, these are words of wisdom. They're words from the word of God. They're words from Solomon. And he says here in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse number 9, he says, And moreover, because... The preacher was wise. He still taught the people knowledge. Yea, he gave good heed and he sought in order and set in order many proverbs. The preacher sought out to find out acceptable words and that which was written was upright. Even words of truth, the words of the wise are as goads, as nails fastened by the master of the assemblers, which are given from one shepherd. So where did the words of the wise come from? They certainly come from God. They come from the shepherd. It says there, the, the words of the wise, that come from the shepherd. They're, you can recognize them as being as goats, as nails. So again, sometimes the words of the wise can sometimes cut. They can prick. They can prod. Uh, that's what goats do. They prick and prod. That's what nails do. And so again, the words of the wise may sometimes seem sharp but they are words of grace. And they're words of wisdom. They come from God. They're words of truth. Verse number 10 says, the words of the wise are words of truth. They're words that are acceptable to God. And so again, you find here, first of all, this gift that is given to some in the church is a spiritual gift of the words of wisdom. The words of the wisdom. But then it also says, in verse number 8, it goes on there, and it says, the words of wisdom, and to another, the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. So the word of wisdom given to some, but to another. Not necessarily the same, but could be the same. Words of knowledge. And so it says, it talks about the words of knowledge. Some are gifted after salvation with the words of knowledge. I don't know exactly what this means also, and I don't believe anybody knows for sure what this means. And you say, why is that? Because I don't know that it's defined here. If it was defined right here, we could exactly say what it is here. But knowledge is uh, having a, a, a great or variance in, in, in facts and in information. And so someone with the word of knowledge, it would seem to me be someone very knowledgeable concerning the word of God. They would know a lot about the Word of God. You know, a person with the Word of Knowledge may not be the same person as the words of wisdom. The Word of wisdom would know how to take that knowledge and give it to someone else so that they might use it. Someone with the Word of Knowledge 
I might not necessarily have the ability to say, hey, this is what you should do or not what you should do in a situation. But there might be a say, in James it says this, in 1 Peter it says this, in Proverbs it says this, and you know what? This is a principle from the Word of God, and the Bible says this here, and this is maybe, could be what you could do or what you could do, but they are gifted with the Word of Knowledge. Maybe able to memorize the Scripture well. Maybe to be able to recall things very well. Again, when it comes to knowledge, how can you get that? Well, you can get that by adding it to your faith, but also it talks about some given by the Spirit, the word of knowledge. Let's turn to Proverbs chapter 2. I just want to mention this. Someone says, well, what if I'm not gifted with the word of knowledge? Well, if you're not gifted with the word of knowledge, doesn't mean, again, you should be in a position where you do not have knowledge, but it should be in a position where you still desire to gain knowledge. And how can anyone gain a general knowledge of the Word of God and the personality of God, the character of God, the truths of God? Well, the Bible tells us here in Proverbs chapter 2 how you get that. Proverbs 2, verse number 2, it says, So that thou incline thy ear to wisdom and apply thy heart to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice to understanding, if thou seekest her as silver, and searches for her as hid treasure, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. How are you going to find it? You've got to diligently seek after it. Not going to have it just by sitting around not trying to gain it. Again, the Bible tells us in Proverbs that in order to gain it, you need to cry after it, you need to seek it, you need to desire to have it, you've got to want it, and you can certainly get it through those means. If you, again, we're not going to have you turn there, but 2 Peter chapter 1, verse number 5, it says, Give all diligence, add to your faith virtue. So faith, then virtue, and then virtue. After that, it says knowledge. So give diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge. So every believer is to gain knowledge, but there's some that are gifted in the word knowledge. Turn back to our text there, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. There's a third gift that's mentioned here in the Word of God. And exactly what this means, I don't know for sure. Again, you say you don't know much, do you? Well, I don't like to try to define something I can't define by this passage or maybe another passage that would help us with it. But uh, it says here, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 9, it says, So some are given the word of wisdom, some given the word of knowledge by the Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. We know what faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We know what faith is. We know that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. But we also know here in the Bible it says, to another, faith by the same Spirit. And so some are given an enlarged measure of faith. Faith. In a church, there, there seems always to be some with greater faith than others. There's some with less faith. There's some with wavering faith. There's some with strong faith. There are some with a little faith. There's uh, some with a lot of faith in a church. But I know this, that there are some that are especially gifted with faith. Let's turn to Acts chapter 6. Some are gifted with wisdom. Some are gifted with knowledge. Some are gifted with faith. 
Acts chapter 6 here in uh, verse number 3. Acts chapter 6, verse number 3, we see here uh, in, in the book of Acts, in the church in Jerusalem, it mentions some members and some qualities that these members had. And so I just want to look at them just a little bit here. We don't have time to go into detail at all here tonight. Acts chapter 6, verse 3, it says this, Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you, to be among the church members, seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and of wisdom, by, uh, by whom we can appoint over this business. So looking for some people with wisdom. And so probably people with the word of wisdom, right? People that were gifted with wisdom, that have wisdom. And, and seven of them. Looking for seven men. Again, Jerusalem, huge church, huge congregation. Don't know exactly how big it is this time. But they were having people saved and multitudes were saved. there on the day of Pentecost. And so seven, full of the Holy Ghost and of wisdom. And again, then it mentions here in verse number five, it says in saying, and it pleased the whole multitude and they chose, they give the men's names here, Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and Prochius, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Paranimus, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. So it mentions the seven that they found. So these are men that have wisdom, and it mentions especially of Stephen, a man full of faith, gifted with faith, gifted with a measure of faith, a large measure. He's full of faith. He's full of the Holy Ghost. He's full of wisdom. He's full of faith. And the Bible says, verse 8, it says, and, and Stephen, full of faith and power, the great wonders and miracles among the people. So Stephen was gifted with another, a number of things by the Holy, Holy Ghost, but especially here in this passage, it talks about him being given wisdom and him being full of faith and being full of power and having the ability to do wonders and miracles among the people. He certainly was gifted to the church of Jerusalem purposefully in some ways. And so we see these gifts given. Let's turn back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, and then I'm going to kind of couple two of these together, although they're separate. Uh, the gift of healing and the working of miracles. You see that mentioned here in verse 9. It says, and to another gifts of healing of the same spirit and to another the working of miracles. I'm going to combine these because they're part of what I believe are the temporary gifts of the New Testament. The sign gifts of the New Testament. The ability to heal and to do miracles. Let me ask you, just try to be honest. Do you see people with the ability to do that today? Do you know anyone like Paul or Peter or John that can do a miracle like that? I mean healing. Lay their hands on someone and see them healed. And I mean, healed of any disease. We're not talking, oh, they had a headache. So they came forward and we said, okay, we got rid of all the headaches today. Oh, we got rid of the limps today. So here's the limps today. Some comes up with a limp and he walks away without a limp. Are you sure he had a limp before? Are you sure this is a real miracle? I'm talking like healing and helping. The gift of healing. I'm not down here to degrade it or to put it down, but it, 
It was by healing that many people came to Jesus to hear the word of God. It was by healing that you see many people helped by Jesus and the disciples. They were sent forth, the Bible says, to heal at times in ministry there. But again, healing authenticated that what they were doing was of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it says, in the working of miracles to another prophecy, it goes on from there, the working of miracles to another prophecy. And then I want to skip down, if you would, down to verse number 28. And God has set some in the church, first apostles, and secondly prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, governments, diversity of tongues, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, all workers of miracles, have all the gift of healing, do all teach with tongues, do all interpret. Obviously not. He goes in the next chapter and he's going to say, no, obviously not. In the next chapter, he's going to go into, again, some some of the gifts, remaining some of these gifts, even ceasing. And so we see healing. And so God gave the ability for men to heal, miraculously through the Holy Spirit of God, through the power of God. Let's turn to Acts chapter 4. Again, uh, did this happen? Yes, it did. It happened in New Testament times. It happened by the apostles. And it happened through those in the first century. It didn't always happen in the first century. Why didn't Paul come along and heal Timothy? Or somebody else? Why didn't they just find the, the local healer from the church and find him and say, you know, Timothy, you've got a problem with your stomach. We're going to fix this. They didn't. Uh, when Paul, again, had some problems, it seems, with his eyes, why didn't he just ask for one of his beloved brethren, Barnabas, or somebody else that had the power to heal, just to lay his hands upon his eyes, just like Jesus would do, and heal him? It was because it wasn't, again, a long-term gift. It was a special gift. It was a spiritual gift. It was what I call a temporary gift. And it was a sign gift. It was to authenticate that these deeds were apostles and from God. Acts chapter 4 and verse number 29, the Bible says, And now behold, the Lord, uh, so, sorry, let's read verse 29. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servant that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thy hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done in the name of thy holy child Jesus. And so Peter's desires is they'd be able to do these special things. Again, heal people and all those kinds of things. The gift was limited. It was temporary, as you'll see in the Word of God. Again, they, did, they were able to do this. Uh, Peter and John, in, in the chapter before, in fact, let's just back up there. Uh, it says uh, in, in verse number 18, it uh, wasn't... That's not the right, I was thinking it was the chapter before. Uh, it was probably chapter 3, it must be chapter 3. Yeah, chapter 3 there, verse number 6, it says, Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give thee. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up, stood and walked, entering uh, with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. So you said it. Rise up and walk. 
So gifted with that. Definitely Peter was gifted with that. Ability to heal. But at the same time, this was, I believe, a temporary gift. It wasn't something that lasted long term. Otherwise, you would have seen, I believe, in the New Testament, even in New Testament times, Paul, Timothy, and others, they would have been healed of their infirmities, healed of their diseases. You would see much more about healing in the New Testament. You would see much more of it throughout the New Testament, but you really don't. But let's turn, if you would, to Mark chapter 16. You know, maybe sometime you'll have someone who believes in signs, miracles, and, and wonders and that sort of thing, and they may go to the same uh, place as far as work goes, or maybe they go uh, some event that you go to, and you'll find someone who believes in these apostolic signs and wonders that they're for today. And they may go to a place like Mark chapter 16 and, and uh, say, you know, they are for today. Just look here. It says this. Let's, let's read through this a little bit. Again, I'm not going to be able to cover this in great detail, but Mark 16, verse 15, the Bible says, and so he says this to verse number 14 to 11. So it's not to the whole world. It's not to everybody in the church. It's to 11. And it says, and he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name shall they cast out devils in thy, and they shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And it goes on, verse 19. So then after that the Lord had spoken unto them, he was lifted up to heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth, they, the 11, went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them, who's this talking about? Everybody, any Christian? No, them. Confirming the word with signs following. And so these, these men, these apostles, were able to do miracles. And you'll find in the Bible, those that accompanied Jesus being able to do miracles. You see the apostles that are in the New Testament able to do miracles. And again, I'm not going to uh, go into any great details with this, but they, gave, they were able to do these miracles uh, again, to authenticate the word of God during a time where you did not have a completed scriptures. And so some were able to cast out devils. I have written down, if you're taking notes, Acts chapter 16, verse 18. Some of the apostles were able to speak with new tongues, you see in Acts chapter 2. Some were able to take up poisonous serpents and not die as a result of them, Acts chapter 28. Remember Paul? Take up a serpent and, and he, everybody supposed he's going to die. He didn't die. Able to heal, Acts chapter 3, Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 28. But these were temporary. They weren't to continue. They were signs uh, the apostles were able to do. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I cover this a little bit because I, I believe this is something you need to be in to know about. There's some... Again, churches, denominations today that really emphasize miracles, signs, and wonders. Come to our church, miracles, signs, and wonders. So the apostolic this or that or whatever it might be, you still see, uh, again, things like the apostles would do, but yet you don't see them uh, in the same ways or the same methods. Notice here in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 12, I, I believe, again, this is a helpful verse. 
The Bible says, Truly the signs of the apostles were wrought among you in all patience, in signs and wonders and mighty deeds. The signs and wonders and mighty deeds, who were they done by? Apostles. Apostles. Apostles were sent by the Lord. They were sent by the Lord. You say, how did Paul ever get to where he got? He was sent by the Lord. Born out of due time, but sent by the Lord. So he was able to do so many things. Someone says, well, I see in the Bible that Stephen was able to do this. He must have been an apostle. He couldn't have done these signs and wonders or whatever it might be unless he was an apostle. He was sent, and, uh, and uh, again, uh, personally sent to the Lord, personally seen the Lord. Apostles were special. The signs of the apostles were run among you with all patience. Signs, wonders, and mighty deeds. The signs of the apostles doesn't... They were out among you. It doesn't mean that you had, you had apostles yourself. I mean, it doesn't say that they had members in the church that were apostles. It doesn't say they had people in the church that had these gifts. But these were gifted to the church. The church of Jerusalem had within it people that could heal, that could do miracles, signs, wonders, special things. And so I just want to mention that. Let's move on here. Back to our text here, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12. Now we're going to have to move here because... There's so many different gifts that are mentioned here. There's, again, sixthly, the gift of prophecy. And again, that's mentioned here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 10. It says, uh, to one working in miracles, verse 10, another prophecy. Now, prophecy is the ability to prophesy directly from God. Or to prophesy can also be to, to use the word of God and expound that. And so we can prophesy. And some were given the gift to prophesy. Now again, it goes back to verse number 28, same chapter. Among the church were first apostles, prophets, teachers, workers of miracles, gifts of healing, helps, governments, diversity of tongues. Are all apostles, all prophets, all teachers, all workers of miracles? No, not everybody is. And so prophecy, it's a gift. It's a gift that Paul had. It's a gift that Agabus had. It's a gift that Peter had. It's a, a gift that John had and James had. And, and there were a number of different people in the New Testament that had this gift, the gift of being able to prophesy. I mean, a, to preach. And be given something directly from God and give it to other men. But I want us to turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 12. There was a change that took place at some time. We don't know exactly where it was, but there was more a, a, a transferring from a place of foretelling the future that, than to a place of more or less looking to the Word of God and teaching and preaching it. And so you see that also here in the New Testament. In uh, 1 Timothy chapter 3, and uh, verse number uh, 2, 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 2, it says, this is a true saying, if any desire the office of the bishop, he desires a good work. Talks about him having the ability to teach. And then you find, again, if you turn to, so they're going to have to teach something. Then you've got to turn to 2 Timothy. And it says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 2, what does it say here for, for Timothy to teach or preach? It says in verse 2, preach the word. Be instant in seedness and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come, they will not endure sound doctrine. 
And then it goes in verse 4, they turn away from the truth. And so what was Timothy to do? I charge you to preach the word. It doesn't say prophesy really the word. It said preach the word. You have the word. Verse 15, it says, And from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures that are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith that is in Christ. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. So there was a, a changing that took place where preaching became more towards proclaiming the words of God. There was a beginning of using the epistles in preaching and teaching the word of God. The, 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 the scriptures were circulated amongst the churches. Let's turn back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I don't have time really to cover uh, this like I'd like, but again, when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit, there is that gift of prophecy, which is uh, preaching the Word of God, which someone calls sermonizing, and also those in the Old Testament that were able to, and in the New Testament, parts of the New Testament, certainly able to, to prophesy and uh, declare what's coming in the future directly from God. There's mentioned in verse number 10, also the interpretation of tongues, uh, different kinds of tongues, the discerning, another prophecy, verse 10, the discerning of spirits, diverse kinds of sons, another interpretation of tongues. And so there's ability to interpret tongues. In other words, an ability by gifted by God, by the Holy Spirit of God to be able to uh, be involved with the interpretation of other languages and this being gifted to you by God. In fact, it says that in verse number 30 of the same chapter, all the gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? Nope, not all interpret. All uh, have the gift of interpreting tongues. And so it mentions tongues there as a gift and the interpretation of tongues being gifted to interpret them, to discern them and also to speak them. And then there goes on there, verse number 28 of this chapter. And again, I'm just moving down the road because I need to go. But uh, verse, uh, verse 28, it mentions another thing here as far as gifts go. It mentions the gift of healings, and then it mentions helps. And so I believe some are gifted to help. They're gifted to assist people. They're not necessarily this in a position where they're, Gift to the lead in a lot of things, but they're helpers. The gift of helps. And tell us what the gift of helps. Someone says, well, I have the gift of helps, and so I go out and I, I, I bring Bibles to other countries, or I might be involved with, uh, you know, some people have a flying ministry, and so they fly missionaries here and there, and they say that's a gift of helps. Certainly that'd be a gift of helps. Uh, it's any, I think it's any way you can help within the church, and so the gift with helping or gifted with assisting, and so the gift of helps. Verse 28 goes on and mentions another gift there, uh, that of governing or ruling. It mentions of governments. And again, uh, governments. And uh, you, you uh, uh, look at some other scripture, it mentions against able to rule or to oversee and uh, have oversight over ministry. Some, again, are gifted to help and there's some gifted possibly to lead. And so governing. And uh, gifted to be able to bring order and, and delegate and all those kind of things. And then there's gift. It mentions there in verse number 7. Again, maybe uh, if you turn back there to Romans chapter 12, verse number 7. It mentions the gift of ministry. Now, everybody should have a ministry. You're all given the, the ability to uh, 
uh, be involved in some kind of ministry, helping other people in some way, but some are gifted in a special way in ministry. It mentions in verse number six, there's different gifts. Prophecy mentioned there in verse six. Prophesy according to the, the proportion of faith. And so, again, I, to me, it, it's like you're, you're, whatever faith you have, you can preach or whatever according to that ability. And then ministry, let us wait on our ministry. And so there's some gifted in serving. Some will be in a chief position. I believe in heaven someday. As the Bible talks, he that's greatest among you, let him be servant of all. And, and again, the gift of ministry, some are given that ministry. Phoebe, in Romans 16. Uh, let's just turn there, we're so close. Romans chapter 16, I believe, was certainly gifted in the gift of ministry or service. It says, I commend unto you Phoebe, our sister, which is a servant of the church, which is in St. Korea. She's a servant. And so she's definitely someone involved with serving and serving ministry. Let's turn back to Romans chapter 12 there. There's a few more here. Number 11, number 10 was ministry. Number 9 was governing. Number 8 was helps. In case you missed some of these, I might have gone too fast. Uh, verse number 11, the gift of teaching. Romans chapter 12 there. Uh, verse number 7, it says, of, or, He that teaches on teaching. And certainly, again, some are able to teach. I mean, after God saves some, they're able to teach. Some, some weren't equipped to teach. Some never taught before. Some taught before, now teach in ministry. And uh, God gifts some to teach. Some to be Sunday school teachers, disciplers, people that might work with young people. Some people that work at maybe in a jail ministry. Some to work as evangelists. Some to work in discipleship. But some are given this thing of teaching. He that teaches, let him deal with uh, on teaching. Let him focus on that teaching. I think both Paul, Barnabas, and others in the New Testament definitely had this gift of teaching, the ability to teach, and uh, to teach well, and to teach according to the Word of God. And so there's a lamp gift. Number 12, there's a gift of exhortation. Don't want to skip over these last ones because, again, we're... Um, using a lot of time here, but it mentions he that exhorteth on exhortation. And so there are some gifted in the church to be encouragers, cheerleaders, cheerleaders, mentors, motivators. He that exhorteth on exhortation. You know, you could send Barnabas and Judas to a new church, a church in Antioch, and they came there and encouraged them in the words of God. They went from their church to this other church to encourage them in the word of God. When Paul needed someone to help him with the new church that had just been planted, he looked for a guy named Barnabas. And he found him. And he brought him to Antioch. And they taught there a whole year together teaching the word of God. And he brought him there to exhort them and to encourage them. And so I believe Barnabas and Paul certainly had these gifts, the gift of exhortation, the gift to, to maybe encourage people in the things of the Lord to keep them uh, going the right direction. There's a gift of giving mentioned also. You see there in verse number eight, it says, he that exhorts on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. Giving. 
And sometimes givers aren't even known in a church to a very few because they give secretly. And others, givers in a church, are known openly because they give not only of maybe uh, their monies, but they also give all kinds of other things. They give help, they give hugs, they give whatever they can. They're just known for giving. They give graciously, they give happily, they give cheerfully, they give out of necessity. Freely they have received, freely they give. And so there's some that are gifted in the church to be givers. They need to be giving as they have opportunity. And then finally, you see, what's certainly needed in the church, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. So God gives some after they've been saved by grace with the ability to show mercy with cheerfulness. You know, mercy ministry sometimes is overlooked in a church, but it's needful in the church. The desire, there is a need for some to reach out to others that may have messed up. We're not even doing well spiritually. There's a need to be able to empathize and sympathize and seek to stabilize maybe those who are lost or those who have wandered away. Show mercy with cheerfulness. Turn to Galatians chapter 6. I'm not going to spend much time on this thought, but there's need for a mercy ministry. I mean, if someone's messed up their life, do we say, oh, you've messed it up too much. We can't help you. The Lord can't help you. The Word of God can't help you. Or do we say, you know, we can help you. I will help you. I'll be alongside you and try to help you through this. Galatians chapter 6, verse number 1, it says, Brethren, if any man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one with a spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Restore. It's connected with number 2, too. Bear those burdens. There's a need for restoration. There's a need for mercy. Mercy ministry. Some are gifted in this era to be able to empathize, sympathize, stabilize, and show cheerfulness as they seek to restore others that maybe have wandered away or some that may need to be saved. There's a need for mercy. And God gifts that in the church. So let's turn back to Romans 12 and we'll close here uh, tonight. Romans chapter 12. God gives different gifts in the church. He gives a diversity in the, uh, in the church. He gives offices in the church, and they certainly aren't all the same. Romans chapter 12 here, and uh, verse number 8, Romans chapter 12, verse number 8, it says, well, let's read uh, from verse number 4 to 8. It says, For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one member, one body in Christ, and every one members in of another, having therefore gifts differing according to the grace that is given unto us, whether prophecy let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry let us wait on our ministry, or he that teaches on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, or he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without dissimulation of more that which is evil and cleave to that which is good. I thought I'd just read that verse. That's 
Love ties all these things together. And so there are gifts, and we've looked at them here tonight. The word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the measure of faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, interpretation of tongues, helps, governing, ministry, teaching, exhortation, giving, mercy. God has obviously given every Christian one of these or more than one of these. We need to exercise them. Let's close as we consider the word of God.